0: This episode is brought to you by Superspeed Golf. If you want more information about how Superspeed Golf can revolutionize your golf game and get you hitting longer than you ever have before, go to golfstrategyschool.com slash Superspeed and you can hear my interview with Mike and Kyle where they talk about the science behind going long. Do you love to play golf? Do you wish you could be a more consistent and confident player? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Golf Strategy School podcast, where we discuss specific practice strategies used by some of the best golf instructors from around the world. Here's your host, Marty Griffin. Hey, Golf Strategy School, it's Marty back with you here again. And today I want to talk about an interesting story that actually comes from a different sport, but it's something that we can use in our game to make sure that we are as prepared as possible. So I want to roll back the clock a little bit, little bit all the way back to 2008. Uh, the Olympic Games were in Beijing, and Michael Phelps was going for the Mark Spitz record of seven gold medals. And the race was the butterfly. And Michael Phelps, at the turn, I believe it was a 100-meter butterfly. At the turn, his goggles filled up with water, so he was swimming blind, and he was still able to not only successfully complete the race. I know if my goggles filled up when I was swimming, I'd be going sideways and zigzagged and everywhere, but he was actually able to still finish a race and still won the gold medal. It was ridiculous. And so uh, after the fact, he had an interview with someone talking about How he managed to still successfully achieve in that moment with this kind of catastrophic failure of his goggles. And he talked about uh, his kind of view of preparation. And his view of preparation is such that he looks at all the different things that could go wrong. And what he does is he finds the solution. For all of those different things. So, with this specific example in mind, where the goggles fill up with water, all right, the problem now is that you can't see how far you are. You can't see the markings on the pool, so you don't know how far you have to go. His solution to that was to count the strokes for him to go from one side to the other. He figured out at whatever time that so many strokes of the butterfly gets him from one edge to the other. And so he knew that even though his goggles filled up with water, he could still just do that many strokes and he would still complete the race. Now we can absolutely just directly translate that to golf. One of the interesting things that I always like to talk about is how my dad used to make me practice and he would take all these different situations and he would try and apply them to my game in practice so we would take a cart uh, at our home course because we played there so darn much. And we would just zip out to like the 13th or 14th hole in the evenings. And we would practice until we'd see uh, a group come by and then we'd get out of their way. And one of the ways that we would practice, we spent a lot of time around the greens because, let's face it, that short game and putting is the most important part of your game because that's what you use the most often. And so what he would do is he would stand on one side of the green And he would just throw a ball over the green, usually towards a bunker. And wherever it stopped, that's where I had to play it. He'd make me hit all sorts of weird, goofy lies all around where that ball landed. And so what I learned was that I have this familiarity with these goofy shots. It got to the point, actually, where he would actually start throwing golf balls into the trees that would be just off the back of a green. And I would have to hit out of that really nasty, gnarly situation. That way, I, if I had that happen to me, I knew how to recover from it. And so we would do this and it was, it was nice and random because you don't know where the ball is going to land. We would practice all the goofy stuff, the, uh, the steep downhill bunker shots. Those are extremely difficult to hit, but I got a lot of practice on them. Because I think he would kind of intentionally look for those goofy spots around the green. And then what he would do is he would say, all right, what club did you hit? And then he'd take the club away from me and he'd say, do it again. So not only did I learn how to hit the shot, I learned how to hit the shot in different conditions in terms of lie, And then above and beyond that, I learned how to do it with different tools. And I think if we take a minute and we address our practice like that, and we start looking at what we have in our game in terms of uh, consistent outcomes, like for me, I've always drawn the ball. If I miss, it's always going to be left. So I don't ever worry about anything that's on the right-hand side of the course or the right-hand side of the green because I'm so so infrequent uh, in that area. But I know that if the pin's on the left-hand side and I'm trying to work the ball into it, you know, there's a there's a percentage chance there where I could work the ball too much and then end up off the green to the left. Well, depending on what that shot is, one hole comes to mind to me specifically, number five at the Oaks. And it is a par three. It's up on top of a hill, anywhere between like 135 and 175, maybe 80 yards, depending on what tees you're playing. And it's really a pretty straightforward hole, kind of kidney-shaped green, slopes from back to front like you'd expect. And to the left, there's two very big bunkers. And this course is a, it's a link style course. So a lot of the bunkers have extremely steep lips. The two that I'm thinking of, it's probably about six feet each. I mean, if I'm in the bunker, I cannot see over and I cannot see the surface of the green. So I learned how to hit very vertical, very steep sand shots a lot in my practice. And I carry that with me onto the course because I don't think that, hey, I'm going to be in the bunker. I know how to hit this shot. I know that my ball goes left and the bunkers are left. But I know that because I have that shot in my bag, and I don't mean for the higher handicappers out there to think that you have to be able to hit it to four or five feet every time from every situational lie around the green. If you could do that, you'd be on the tour. You know That's not realistic for any of us. But what I'm talking about is at least have that passing familiarity so you're not completely caught off guard with one of those like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do type of moments? Like, how do I even hit this? Well, if you practice from all those goofy areas around the green, you're going to have that familiarity. So you say you get up to the ball if you do miss and you're like, okay, I've seen this before. I know that it. in my case, it has to be a very vertical bunker shot, or maybe it's a downhill. Maybe you're long and it's a downhill rolling away from you chip shot. You know, those take a lot of practice. But if you've taken the time to at least practice them a little bit, you'll have that familiarity that will then translate to the tee box and allow you to make the most confident shot possible. Because when you're standing over that tee box, if you see something that you're not familiar with and something that might trip you up, I've heard this dozens of times from different students. It's like my ball has a magnet for the trees or the bunkers, or the rough, or the cart path, whatever it is. you know, Shots that you're not familiar with, they kind of creep into the back of your head, and now you're focused more on what you want to miss than what you want to execute and what you want to hit. So if you're familiar with all your shots around the greens, and again, it doesn't have to be Phil Mickelson-level short game guru, but as long as you've practiced them at least a little bit, so it's not completely foreign to you when you get up over that shot, that's actually going to translate to the shot before that, the tee shot, and it's going to allow you to be more confident because you know that no matter where the ball goes, you've got a solution, just like Michael Phelps did in his race. So that's a lesson that we can take from the lanes of the swimming pool and directly translate it into our golf game. Now, if you would like a couple of fun games, uh, I I talked with one of our, our former guests in terms of what games he likes to play. And this is coming from Josh Boggs, uh, a PGA certified instructor out of the Columbus, Ohio area. And he gave me a couple of his favorite games to play in those kind of short game situations to get you a lot of those random, goofy type of lies. So if you would like to have those, uh, go ahead, hop back to the website, golfstrategyschool.com. And And check out this episode. Uh, you can you can sign up for my email list and I'll send you the three uh, favorite games of Josh Boggs to help teach you how to be more comfortable and more familiar with your surroundings in and around the green. So until next time, everybody, I will catch you in the short grass. Cheers. Alright, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of the